That was Violent Opposition here on MutinyRadio.fm. I am joined right now by these bastards playing hey. with Violent Opposition tomorrow, right. Thursday, February 21st at the Elba Room in Jack London Square, Oakland. Yep. What? Uh, how much are tickets and where do people get them at the door? They can get them on Eventbrite. What can they do? Yeah, door. Ten bucks. Door, ten bucks. Ten bucks, that's it? I think so. Yeah. Four great bands for ten bucks. It's 250 a band. How can people not go? I mean, You're this missing is, out. It's yeah. a, don't go. Even if you come from the city, like, it's really easy to get to yeah. by via BART, so you're going to spend 20 bucks to get there and back, Ten bu- you know, $10 to get there, $10 for the show. The drinks are like... They're fair. Okay. Fair, fairly priced drinks. There well, the go. Elbow Room, that was one of the things I always appreciated about the Elbow Room in San Francisco is they had... Great happy hour. Great happy hour till 9 o'clock oh, every yeah. night. Heck yeah. It was so great. You that, could get a $3... the latest happy hour it in was town the, that I can think of. I can't remember Yeah, one. 9 o'clock. That's, yeah, it's usually like a 6 end, right? I like, think I didn't spend enough time at the Elbow Room. Yeah. yeah. They had, it was, it was great. And... The downstairs area was so cool, and the upstairs area was so great for lots. And they did all kinds of different events. I did so many literature events Matt? there. Do you know Matt? No, I don't know. Oh, Matt. Okay, he's one of he's one of the owners, and he always uh, would post like bad reviews of the Elbow Room, and they were hilarious. Like <laughs> these Yelp so reviews, funny. they were hilarious. Man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, they were great. I do. I love bars that have like a separate show space like that too, like the Hemlock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God bless its soul. I miss yeah. the Hemlock already. Hemlock great. Yeah, that was a great spot. But Jack London Elbow Room is the same thing. It has yeah, upstairs. Yeah, it has the same sort of vibes. Separate upstairs uh, show the bars spot. right. The difference is the bar's right there, right? Like yes. at Hemlock, you actually go outside, so they have right. a bar at the uh, back. It's about the same size, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's about the same size. Yeah. So it feels really full. Yeah. I always And then the separation yeah. is a whole nother bar downstairs. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a place like that are great. So yeah. the other, um, you brought, you wanted to talk about... Oh, Octo- oh Octopulpa. Octopulpa. Uh, this guy um, JP. is... Yeah, he's kind of a one-man band. He he played drums in a band called My Man Mike from Korea, even though he's from France originally, lives in Korea, does this band called Octopulpa, and uh, he plays drums, and all the other tracks are pre-recorded. He played them, but recorded them separately, and has like a video running as he plays, and all the drums, uh, all the... Everything he does on the drums triggers what the tracks are going to do. So he's a computer programmer as well as an incredible drummer. So he's programmed the drums so that like uh, somehow or another his computer recognizes certain drum patterns. And And it sets off that sequence. So Um, it's like instead of having the multiple pedal board in front of him where you like press the looping station, you go poof. And you know that that you're like pressing to loop it. Yeah. drums trigger it in the computer it's like he's right. like has ai on his side he's like basically well it's listening for a pattern that he's going to play and then once it hears it it sends off the uh, the sequence right which is a portion of the song or maybe a whole song right yeah. sure. and then so there's video playback of oh. as this music's going of him playing bass and guitar and whatever else while he's playing live drums and singing it's like old school four track except sort of live yes and yes. like way more sophisticated way yeah. more sophisticated <laughs> and he has different singers from all over the world singing different parts of the songs yeah and they're uh, in the videos and uh, it's quite know, incredible it, how did you find this guy on tour. <laughs> on tour. So you were well, in we had, Brazil? No, in Korea. That's Korea. where he's from. He's yeah. Belgian, I think. He's 
I think he's Belgian, or maybe he's French. I'm sorry, maybe he's French. Anyway, he lives in Korea, and then so when we were touring in Korea, he helped set up our tour, that part of the tour. So yeah, and then that's when we discovered my man Mike. Right. Oh, actually, no, we discovered Man Man Mike. They came here and played, and that's how we met him. Yeah. And then he set up our tour in Korea. We hung out with him there, and then he came over, you know, with this thing. In the small world of punk, like. Alex's old band played with them. My old band happened to play with my man Mike as well, and so we knew him from different avenues. And then, which is another great band. You gotta check them if you <laughs> like heavy music. My man Mike, yeah, out they're of great. South Korea, incredible. Yeah. Um, incredible fast yeah. core that will rip your face off. Yeah. I guess it doesn't if you can't understand what people are saying lyrically anyways and it's like do a you? sonic set. Do you? It doesn't well do you? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I do. But that's the thing is I could listen to Japanese punk and it might sound the same as not sound the same but the vocals like well, sometimes the it's hard to understand. Of it, you know? Yeah. I mean because with heavy music a lot of it is just this heavy sound and it's sure. not necessarily the word. It's right. just the sound. Which yeah. Is, uh, this was the strategy I used with my old band, um, which had lyrics half in Cantonese, which was the ah, idea. That's cool. Which was the idea that it didn't matter because when you're singing heavy music like that, most of the times you don't understand everything anyway. And so. do you have a huge following of, of old Cantonese ladies, like on the bus, like the 30 Stockton? Do you just want to like you know, play it really I, loud? I wish I did. I think that band was maybe 10 years before its oh. time. You know, uh, no, we had no following. It was great. <laughs> Uh, no, no, we, we, we made some connections, uh, but that band never really got anywhere. I mean, I don't think, I think also the music of what we were doing was a little bit out of people's, I don't know, it's out of the box, I guess, you know, it was heavy music, but it was all over the place. So, well, this, we're going to listen to song number five here, which is, uh, where's my tooth? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'd like to know. I, <laughs> I, I, I really, this guy hits like all the bases. Like the, he's humorous, but like the music's still intense. The live show is amazing, but it's not a gimmick. It's musically really, really. It's well really good. Done. Yeah, it's yeah. not just a gimmick. And and then he's got this weird, mysterious thing with the octopus mask. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's check him out. Uh, Octopulpa here.
Holy Toledo. That's a one-man <laughs> band right yeah. there. Octopulpa. One of my favorite bands of the past few years that I've discovered. And completely entertaining. I yeah. mean, you will be mesmerized seeing him. I, I, we played with him on a Wednesday, I think, and then uh, realized he was playing the next night, a Thursday night at uh, the Knockout. And I had already had plans that night, but I like moved heaven and earth to make sure I could see him again because it was just so awesome the first night. Yeah. How, I mean, you guys love music. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's what else and, are you going to do? But yeah, what else are you going to do with your life? This is Vivisic. Tell us a little bit about this, uh, set the apathetic on fire. <laughs> They're a band out of Japan. They rock. <laughs> they just broke up last year, I believe, unfortunately, after many years, probably like 20 years. Oh, yeah, they've been around a long yeah, time. Yeah, they've been around a long time. Uh, again, another band met on tour. They're fantastic. Their live show is incredible. They played uh, here last year at Metro. Was that last year or two years ago? It might have been two years ago. Two years, I think. Ago. Two years ago uh, at the Metro. For like the release of their last record, I Yeah, think. that was on Tank Crimes. Yeah. A local label. I, I don't think I've ever heard, I've seen a band from Japan that wasn't great. Like, they just know how to do it yeah i don't know what it is japan uh yeah. we're gonna start here with alarm chain handle on opposite wall all right because <laughs> i love the name of that yeah great. um again this is like we'll play a couple songs because i gotta go potty and then oh. we'll be right back here with these bastards on mutiny radio thank you guys for listening and go see them tomorrow night thursday february 21st at the elbow room jack london square it's only a ten dollar show come on you guys like what are you doing with your lives it's a thursday <laughs> go out like i'm stoked i'm not booked tomorrow night so i'm like i'm going out but <laughs> in Oakland and I'm trying to keep my boyfriend safe because he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> I'm so concerned oops CD1 
hope that you enjoyed Vivisec right there. You were saying um, off air that there's a weird connection between Brazil and Japan musically. You want to talk about that for a second? You know, I'm not exactly uh, completely knowledgeable, but, but what I do know is that I believe in the 80s, a lot of workers from Brazil went over to Japan to work in the auto industry. And there's some sort of industry connection going the other way as well. Japanese people that end up in Brazil because... I'd actually made a couple of connections where um, I met this guy in Japan, and then, um, but he was Brazilian, and he ended up back in Brazil. And um, I didn't see him again when we were in Brazil, but we did talk and stuff. And then there was uh, uh, there was other people that had that same connection. So you can look that up probably, you yeah. know, and see that there is some sort of uh, connection through work, and then now. Uh, Families have been created. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, now, yeah, and there, there's a there's a by um, country kind of thing. This is another uh, Japanese band, Horse and Deer. Yeah, I love this band. I love the art on the cover of this. Yeah. It's hilarious. They're super fun. Got a drunk punk rocker with a bottle on the sand, washed up on with the classic Japanese thing with the wave. Yeah. And then you got a big giant squid who's gonna eat him. Yeah. And a whale on the back. <laughs> I love the art for this. But these guys are just, I don't know, high energy, crazy, fun, wacky. One one of the best bands I've ever and, seen play And live. you guys basically just brought stuff of like, these are people we'd want to play with. Or that... That we like? Like you like? Well, actually, I just went from one part of the alphabet. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. So it was like, here are these little ones. <laughs> Sorry, I started a like V and stayed there. <laughs> um, this is Horse and Deer. I'd tell you the name of the song, but it's in Japanese. Deer. That was some. I mean, I I'm digging the Japanese language there with the with the crazy. 
lyrics and who knows what he's saying, but yeah. I like the cadence of his voice. Right um, hey guys, you really need to go see uh, these bastards tomorrow. How did you guys come up with the name before we play a track off of your... I don't know. We have no freaking... I just... We went through so many... The list is ridiculous. In fact, yeah, I, should, give us I should bring that list one day to next, another one of these interviews. We just go through the whole thing. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember any of them? Like some of the, just, just the poor I, ideas that you had? don't. Yeah. Dick. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. That sounds like a that fun, that's kind of a funny. joke one. I don't there was know. a lot of joke ones. Um, there was a lot of joke ones. Yeah, I don't but remember. But nice guys was the original. Nice guys was the one we were gonna go well, with. That's so ironic. That's so funny. Out, people talked us out of it. Yeah, we would because we were all Friends stoked on nice out. guys. We, nice we were guys. making logos. We immediately like got into it. Made all this, you know, got. Ideas for artwork and stuff, and our friends, we would tell them the name, and they'd be like, "Really?" Uh, the, the reaction like was, it was too internal, maybe. Yeah. They, but they didn't like, get the irony of like nice guys, and then the sound—it's your sound—is so heavy that people wouldn't normally equate nice guys with such a heavy sound. That's I, funny to me. That's I, like yeah. kind it, of it changes the expectations and it sort of flips it, and there's humor there. I'm all about humor. Yeah. But we're also uh, nice guys. Yeah, it's also... It's also really, it was just kind of descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> but these bastards. But these yeah. bastards. That one just happened one day. Yeah. Uh, who came up with it? Nobody, in particular, someone I think just went... somebody just, just said it so, Yeah, somewhere, well, and then we were all like... Yeah. Oh, it just uh, hit that thing. Yeah, that could be a bad name. It's yeah. A bad it's name. a funny bad name, too. We just sat, sat there riffing on it and and then you know I made and it just fit the concept you know where we were like talking about a lot of the things that we have concerns about that are happening um, you know in our area as well as in our country um, these <laughs> bastards have really taken us to the cleaner what's you your know? number yeah. one what's your number one concern right now that you think that you're just like what well, how is this well, even happening there's stuff you that know. I think about daily, and then there's the larger picture things. Uh, recently, I've been thinking about why we've decided to throw $2 billion toward a Transbay terminal that isn't open, you know, that huh. it took eight years to, Local to make. Local stuff. And then uh, open for two months before it's been closed, and it's cost us millions of dollars every month. And the, the initial reason it was built, uh, a lot of those reasons can't be fulfilled. Um, our, you know, our governor is, uh, cl is closing down our uh, high-speed rail, which is one of the reasons why that was built. There's a right. huge base that costs $500 million that's under the Transbay Terminal sitting empty waiting for trains that are never going to come. Wow. Yeah, we were paying for it. Thanks. So blatant and all you guys waste. across the bridges, all your toes, tolls are going to go toward this giant debt that's sitting there because not only that, there's retail space that should have been opened last oh, year that's sitting wow. around. So all that money they should have been making, is there's no money going there. It's not being used. There's a lot yeah. that's across the street that costs almost nothing, I bet, and it's been in use for years and it works fine. Wow. What's going on here? Who's making money? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, wow, you know, sorry. You're saying, but you're saying, look, <laughs> but, no, don't be sorry. That's something I've never even thought of. I've never even yeah, thought of it. I mean, well, I knew that it opened and then closed, but I didn't realize yeah, that it, it was Yeah, it cost us $2 billion. $2 billion. And that's locally. That's like that's, that's like San money. Francisco that's shit. Well, not. Uh, I think there's probably money from the whole Bay Area because, sure. uh, you know, the, I know one of the things that they're going to start doing is they're using some of the bridge tolls to start paying off some of the money that they owe mm. because there's a huge bill every month to just to maintain this place. Yeah. It's not even open. We, they should at least make it like a parking structure. I mean, if, if you could, I mean, the way to do it would be to say, hey, you're coming over on the bridge. You paid that toll. Park your car here and then take public transit around the town so 
so that we don't have so much traffic during the day and right. everyone doesn't get so angry. It's a big, huge, empty room. Yeah, Put if, cars in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was, what are you doing? If it was useful, that'd be something. But right yeah. now, it doesn't look like it's being used. It's not even open. And, you know, I, I, I walk by there every day and I see that the lot that is being used, that, ha- that has been in the use for the last, I don't know, four or five years maybe? Yeah. Works fine. Works just People fine. are catching their buses. They're getting to the East Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Those buses are coming in from the East Bay. People are getting on them. It's not a problem. Why have we built a $2 billion structure that does nothing anyway? Sure, no. Yeah. Hey, Alex, I get it. Sorry, so recently so, that's what I've been Recently, what's your what's your biggest uh, societal issue like that? Man, I don't have anything that elaborately thought out as, <laughs> as Alex does, but, you know, I mean, living in San Francisco for the past 10 years, obviously the issues never end and mm-hmm. just pile up with the problems of gentrification and um, predatory developers and landlords. I mean, it's... Yeah, what you had said, all the interesting people are leaving. Because they can't afford to be yeah. there anymore. Yeah, San Francisco was an interesting town. Yeah, I think it still is, and I think there's still music where you can... I mean, I met you at a $10 show where the food was worth more than $10, right. and there were four bands! That's like, right, and it was a good time. It was a great time! I had a great well, time! Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was great, and you know, I mean, we don't have many of these places left. Yep. You yeah. Know, for, I can't say I support the bottom of the hill as much as I should, but... If you do go music, go there. Support live <laughs> yeah. as well. Support live and support live music in San Francisco. Go out and see a band. Go to Benders. You know, every yeah. Saturday night, Benders has it's only five dollars to get in. That's I right. have no idea how they pay their bands and how this all works. Because I mean, it must just all be alcohol sales, huh? Is that like how bands are paid now? You're just it's all based off um, alcohol. It, it just on depends place. on where it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, some places charge covers mm-hmm. and they'll give you part of that. Um, yeah, but support live entertainment. I mean, yeah, anybody yeah, who's general, getting up any, there for your entertainment—if right. it's you know comedy, like in your case, or, or right. live we, theater, or music, or wrestling—I right, sure. happen to be a big but fan of. Get out of your get out of your house. Get off the Netflix. Go out yeah. and be a part of the community. Go yeah. see a band. Go yeah. see wrestling. Go see. Yeah. Go experience the world around you instead That's of right. hiding in your house and saying, "Well, I feel like I understand everything because I love Netflix." <laughs> like, get get outside. Yeah. Go right. step outside. Nothing your comfort like zone. something live. You can listen to all the music you want at home and watch all the DVDs and streaming this and that. But you get into a room where there's music happening. And you're going to experience something different. But even your, you know, even your experience at home listening to music that you already have in your house, like half of, you know, your collection is things that you discovered going out and seeing mm, bands and being right. on tour. And so you have a whole music collection in your house that you got from not being in your house. Yeah. Yep. So everybody go out tomorrow night, Thursday, February 21st, see Empty People, These Bastards, Violent Opposition, That Ship Has Sailed at the Elbow Room, yeah. Jack London Square, Oakland, Doors at 8? Eight? 8, eight nine, Cool. Eight, nine, somewhere around. Doors are at 8. It's a night show. Doors it's going to be fun. Yeah. Doors at oh, 8. Oh, and we've got a band camp, oh. and we got Facebook, so come say hi to us, check out our stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some videos on YouTube. These Bastards. Uh, we're going to close it out with their song... Burn the burn, fucker down. Burn the fucker down. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks thank for having us. Thank, thank you, Pam. Yeah, you bet. This has been Mutiny Radio. Coming up next, uh, the Wednesday Wave. So stick around for that. And again, go tomorrow to Elbow Room. Uh, see 
these bastards. Also, on the 9th, go out to the Parkside Parkside. and see them along with War Bison, one of my favorite San Francisco bands. My number one favorite San Francisco band, though, is Floating Goat. Oh. I love Floating Goat so much. Do you know Floating Goat? Oh, yeah. But uh, are they still around? Yeah, they're still around. They've been playing right now as a band called Hendrixian, and it's the same three guys, but it's Chris Corona. They all do um, Jimi Hendrix covers. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, but they're fun. But I still, I God, I love Floating Goat. They're, I just, I think Aaron Barrett, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett is a great, great, great drummer. He's also a very funny comedian, but he quit comedy. Okay. But he's really, really funny. Ask him to do a George W. Bush impression okay. if you've ever seen okay. him. Okay, all right. Be like, Aaron, tell us your George W. Bush impression. Uh, we're going to listen to one last song from these bastards. Go see them. Thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Asiento. <laughs> Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink. Have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat 
I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Hello. Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super yeah. fun karaoke with so Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the yeah. tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every now? day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour yeah. goes till 7 p.m. Bender's yeah. is proud now? to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy now? Festival because they're an awesome community asset now? to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Now? Bender's Bar and Grill. Oh, you can hear me? What about now? Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair 
just don't know anything about it. Sorry. All on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can, if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media. M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter. Podcast, MOV Podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't yeah. help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. <laughs> We're here with a very special podcast. We're just, Kasim Bentley's here. He's going to spit some knowledge to some uh, new comedians that have questions and things and stuff and and how exciting that he's here. There's a, he has a new show starting on Sundays from 4 to 6 called White Slavery, right? Hoorah! Yeah, it's, it's more than you think, but it's kind of what you think. You know what I mean? It's all there. Well, it's we, provocative. It's very provocative. Wait, where are you going, Jay? Where are you going? Which mic? You going to Delirium? Go to oh, the four-minute mic? Yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, I, I'm just, you know what? Just learning the tricks of the tools, man. So you can hear me just feel all this racism. I mean, I'm here on the higher radio, but you, my friend. You, yeah. Oh, there. See? See what I'm learning? You think it's all pro, but I'm learning. You know what I mean? But I'm very happy for you, man. And, and uh. I love what you're doing because, you know, like Eli, you see a lot of you guys, like you especially, because you, it feels like, how long have you been doing comedy? That's, it's coming out. Wait, is that your ride? You know, that sounded very fake when you did that right now. Is that your Uber right there? Well, let's go to your Uber. No, I'll, I'll hit you later. I'll hit you later. I saw you hit him on mute. You put him I on love mute. the outfit, though. It's very, like, Dominican guy got his first job. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like. It's, my, mom, my mom's from Costa Rica. Well, that explained a lot right there. Right there. Give it up. Got guy, Jason. The denim in the velvet. That's the special. That guy, I think he works in tech. I have no idea. He's very interesting. He's very, but it's funny about comedy is that, like, I've been doing this for about 13 years. And after a while, I try not to really get into the minutiae of it all because what happens is, like you see, like you see, it's, it, there's a, there's something that is, uh, you you set yourself up for so much failure when you try to be the comedy cop, or you know, or the guy who really understands or thinks they understand comedy but has never done anything. You know what I mean? And you see that a lot in Facebook. You see that in uh, Facebook groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't talk about comedy. Be funny. That's yeah. it. And it's and it's the fact that like you have to earn your I sometimes you have to earn your stripes. It's like this like it was a point when I used to play football that you want to sit there and the guy in the gym who's out of shape you don't really want to or the guy who's not all you know he's not in shape or he's just he's he has the potential to be better but he's the one to the blowhard. He's, he's got that, that good bone structure. Yeah, but and there's he's nothing just, on yeah. him. <laughs> he's cement. Yeah, he's, a, he's blessed with symmetry. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And then, but he thinks he understands something because people give him some props or just some advantages. But and he got laid last night, and there's all this confidence coming out of nowhere with him. Yeah, that's why yeah. he's so calm. He's his yeah. balls are drained. You know what yeah. I mean? So he's just sitting there talking to you. And but it's the guy, that guy. You always have to look at a grain of salt because you have to understand. Like you don't really want to say it's not always about making major accomplishments because sometimes if you work with them in a, in a system. It doesn't mean that you have greater, you, you're greater. I mean, you've done the work to get involved. And especially comedy, it's such a crapshoot. You understand? Because you because know, it, it's like your comedy is work, always working against you to see if you're going to make it. But you do, you, do you grind anymore? Do you do you? I don't see you at all. You don't have to open mic anymore. You just. Oh, you no. Just I, you know what's funny? I told my old lady that I, I, for the last three weeks, I wasn't trying to be an elitist. I just was trying to like. Do, I'm trying to do other things like this and trying to, you know, get everything like set up, you know, like at night, set like email bookers on stuff. But I was noticing that you're running into like a lot of the, your, your own, uh, running into my own pitfalls. Like, you know, like, like, you know, not switching up the set or, you know, some shows like I was, you know, the stakes are a little higher. So you just kind of fall back on your opener, closer or what you're known for. And I, w and I went to La Rocca's three weeks ago. I forgot. That den of maniacs there, cause some yeah he hosts little, it right yeah yeah and he hosts it great cause he's there and the great thing about it is when you you forget where you you, you forget like what rooms oh, you forget what rooms you're very con you're very confident in cause you know the stage that's why it's so funny what I tell people like if you want to do Cobbs don't feel bad about doing bringer shows honestly because the thing about it is. In the in the in the long run, whatever you do with your career, you're gonna do with it. And there's opportunity to enter your awareness, your experience. But like if you want to get your footing, like like here's an example. I never did uh less than a month, like three weeks ago, I did about I did the Palace of Fine Arts. And I opened for a, a Yvonne Orgy, or I think that's I hope that's her name. Ivana Orgy, yeah. right now, <laughs> uh, tonight. <laughs> Old vaudeville. Old, yeah, so old vaudeville, like, you know, hardcore comic, Ivana Orgy. She's on Insecure, and I always wanted to do Palace of Fine Arts. It's about 900 seats, maybe 1,000. And it's and if you don't do it a lot, that shit can be scary. Out, is that outside or is that inside? Oh, I miss Beautiful. that building. Yeah. It's great. They have other rooms. They have 200-seaters and all that stuff. But the big one is crazy. And the funny thing about it was I don't know why I was nervous because I – had a sense it wasn't gonna pack out because she's famous, but she's black people famous. You know what I'm saying? That's a different way. And, and the Palace of Fine Arts, black people perform there, but Yvonne isn't. And this is no disrespect to her. I think she even knew herself. Like she was, she's, she's famous from Insecure, and it's a big show. But to fill 900 seats, it'd be like it'd be. You know, you know, it'd be major if every show she did was taping a special. You know what I mean? And it was like black market or blacklist tickets or some shit. So I get there and I and I said, okay, let me just I get there early, so I can just kind of chill, and I make sure that before the show really gets, uh, you know, they start loading in. I just walk out on the stage and walk it, and I jump off, 
I guess walk around because I just want to feel it all and kind of demystify like what is happening or what I think could happen because you want to see yourself. I don't I don't go up there and start like some comics have really weird traditions like my boy Reggie Steele. He'll like shadow box in the back of the punchline. And if you see Reggie, Reggie's 6'3", 280 pounds, all muscle mostly. And you can see him. And there's a comic, it's a seasoned comic. You're like, if you didn't know him, you're like, oh, God, he's going to bomb so bad. Or if you watch Brian Callen, he's like dancing around and doing stretches. If you didn't know he needs to get his energy up, you and he's already put, he's prepared. You know, some guys. They, That's how you get a comedy injury, though, when you have those physical routines like that. <laughs> so Come on, it's a dangerous sport. Yeah, but you gotta train yourself. Yeah. You gotta take amino acids. You know what yeah, I mean? take yeah. pre-workout. Yeah, yeah, treat like crunch fitness. You know what I mean? I uh, I used to take. Uh, I remember me and Gary Anderson. We were addicted to taking this energy candy called Bang. Bang, bang. It had two A's. Bang, right? And I would take it a half hour before my set. And geez, I mean. I don't know, I because I sometimes would have, you know, like, as you get older, you get depleted, your energy gets depleted. Your, well, sometimes your what does well. that have, like taurine and caffeine? Oh, in it? bro, it had, it was such a small candy, but it was so many chemicals in one thing. I, what was the come down like from that? Dude. The, Monday, that was the come down, dude. <laughs> I would, I took a bang at the punchline. I demolished. Like, I hadn't, I don't, and the funny thing was, people think I give, I'm always up at the punchline. It's, there, it's only been uh, so many, I mean, beyond just doing like a week of work, but I was up there. I wanted to make a point. Really, I want to see how hard I could do it. So me and Gary took a bang. And Gary Anderson is one of those comics where he's good looking, but he, you can, Look at him and tell that God is real because he's balding at a very rapid rate. You know what I mean? And a bald headed black guy, thank God he has such a nice head. So he shaved his head and he's 5'9, maybe 5'8. Why is God real? God's real because if he was six feet, whatever, six foot two, head of hair. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't be fair. It would not be yeah. fair. There's nothing worse in comedy when you see, because, like, like, you know what's funny? Everyone assumes that almost male comedians are ugly. I think most male comedians are moderately attractive i think even if you have a representative of their, of their like, look of their type like you're a good looking guy like see but that's your problem you think like a white guy fair, fair. your neck's too small but that's see, the only thing i have no it's, he's got a good neck i gotta protect this neck after my incident over the weekend what happened i don't even know i just woke up and i couldn't whoa, whoa, wait, you head. can't start a sentence after my incident this weekend and follow I don't know, like it's memento, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's drawn on your chest, you know? You have to, there has to be some context. You woke up and you you just woke up in the wrong place? I, I woke up and literally I couldn't turn my head. I, like, I, I went to work and I was, I was, I had to swivel to talk to people. I would be like, uh, hello. So you have a repetitive stress injury from work because you're doing too much with your uh, mouse and it's affecting your... Uh, where your shoulder attaches to your neck, and so it's you're you're overcompensating. You have to like if you could use your left hand with your mouth. You're doing too much on the computer. Use your left hand. That's it. That's your advice. And but that's that's the that's the hand he uses to put the belt around or, his neck. Or more, or more ergonomic. That the you're you're hunching with your shoulder, and you're it's you're engaging the the thing. Do you know this from experience? You don't. Were you a deskie in a past life? No, but I have friends that are in the massage business. 
<laughs> and they have this injury or they treat, no, this, they injury. treat this injury? It seems yeah. like they would have this injury too, like the mouse and the massage. Like what is a massage except for just mouse-like movements except with more force? Bro, no. Have you had a massage before? I used to be a masseuse. Wait a minute, what? what I used to work for, I used to work for a chiropractor and my job was to warm the people up. And it sounds a little bit sexual, and it is. <laughs> was there a feather involved? No feather involved except for uh, my dexterous hands, which are feather-like, people have said. Uh, yeah, so you, so you warm the people up, and then the chiropractor comes in, and he adjusts you. Did, um, this is interesting because there is a certain number of Bay Area comedians who are masseuses. And like you, Gabby Placia, uh Liz Grant, uh, well, Sam Gilway is a masseuse, but she got fingered by one. So uh, that, that 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 is some kind by of by the training. transitive property. Yeah, she's yeah. a masseuse. Yeah. She's <laughs> the <best> property. <laughs> and Liz Grant had a one woman show about being a masseuse, and I didn't see it, but people said it was riveting. And, and informative. And I've always been wondering, like, what happens with a male masseuse? Because everyone assumes that if you're going to get a massage, it is by an Asian woman that's brought here by slavery. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the more enslaved, the better it is. I had one last night on Polk so Street. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the more she hates, like, you, like, the more she doesn't want to look you in the eye, she just, like, really gets in. Last night, me and my lady went and got a massage on Polk Street. And they, first of all, the one, it's funny, but you ever, okay, here's the funny thing. When, if you you gotta judge your massage parlor by how high the ranking is on Rub Maps. You ever know what Rub Maps? Oh, are? I know what Rub Maps is. Wait, did you just now? Are you are you nodding in agreement? Are you no, shaking I don't your know head? No, about Rub Maps. Rub Please Maps is a is a website that uh, uh, informs you how many uh, massage parlors to give happy endings across the country. Damn. Yeah. But here, here's the thing with that: if if you're really high on Rub Maps. You're probably going to be checking the rankings as a massage yeah. parlor. You're going to be checking the rankings. If hand jobs are the thing you're best at, you're probably going to start to slack in the other areas. And I kind of want this all around massage, you know? See, so so you want the. So I want like a number 13. I want the 13th best <laughs> on Rub Maps. So they're going to jerk me I off. They're going to make me come, but I, they're going to give me a goddamn good massage, too. So it's kind of like ordering, it's like ordering a McDonald's meal. You want a number four mixed with a five. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So you really want back. Neck rub out. Oh, I'll, go, I'll go to two play. I'll go to two massage parlors, knowing that one has a better massage, and then one will make me come. <laughs> so that's a, so that should be the way they actually. Yeah, you know, on Polk Street there are there's like it felt if it looks like every two blocks there's a massage parlor that would be great if everyone had like competing signs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like free rub out. Like stats. <laughs> like yeah. How, how would they market it? Is it like? It'd be like McDonald's, Speed like a million came, you, you know what I mean? Is it came right there? Ding, 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 ding. Or like you ever see that meter on Market Street that shows you how many bicycles have passed by? Yeah. It's just like a laser. It's just like it's a bunch of driplets. Yeah, it's just calm laser. But but the interesting thing about this is my second uh this is my second uh massage ever. Cause my girlfriend's really she's really into She's a Santa Cruz kind of person, so she's really into you know uh, you know uh, Eastern philosophy and health or anything. So I go in, and what I will say this: I'm really interested in getting different levels of massages because right now I'm going to the Chinese slavery ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so sad. Ooh, be worried about that coronavirus, man. Bro, I, I felt sick today. 
and look, God love me. Tell him to put the gloves on. Seriously, dude, don't this play. This dude grabbed me, and first of all, here's why I felt. I felt a little fat shamed because they, we came in there and they changed the music to Lizzo, and I really thought that was a little. <laughs> I was a little. I was a little worried about where we we're going with this, and they see me and they go, "Oh, big boy," right? And I go, "I'm a man," right? And they go, <laughs> and they bring out the the big. Remember in Inglorious Bastards when they had the big Jew. And it was like, oh no. The bear Jew. The bear Jew. Yeah, the bear Jew. Yeah. They brought the bear Chinese guy. And, and this the guy, baseball bat. He, dude, Ding. his fingers were baseball. This guy was, he was 6'2. First of all, rarity. 6'2 Asian dude, yeah. right? Big Yao Ming, not kind of a bucket head. And he comes out, big dick fingers, right? Gets these crazy unfried egg rolls of hands, right? He comes out and he gets, and he says, head down. Put head down. Now you know if he knew all the English, I wouldn't trust him, right? But he knew about three hundred words, straight up, right? He said head, put head down, head down. The right three hundred words. The right, yeah, the right. Yeah, wasn't like yeah, it wasn't doing like spelling the words. You know what I mean? So he comes up, put the head down, and and I forget that the hole you have to put your head in, right? And I didn't really realize what the hole was. It's to drool in. I, I, (laughs) oh, oh, that's what it is. They put a bucket. Yes, and you know what? It was the bottom of the bucket. All the free candies they give you. So uh, I spit mine out. And it went tink, and it, it and it was just on another like candy. The you. <laughs> <laughs> he starts rubbing me, and oh, first of all, before I do it, it's interesting. I saw a friend of mine, Drew, who I was supposed to talk to this week because I was supposed to give her this projector, and she was there. And look, there's the thing about it. Like, don't act like you're broke if you're getting a massage. <laughs> like she's all woe is me. I need get it when you a woman is on Facebook begging for shit. Like can somebody give me something? You gotta be hot. I'm stressed because I have no money. I need to go get a massage. Yeah, I'm getting a fifty dollar massage, and then she's like, oh, and then she said, this, she said this thing that I thought like it wasn't disrespectful, but you gotta uh, you gotta you can't underestimate the you know the work. Cause she's like, oh my god, it was like. It was almost sexual, and it's like I don't. As a man, I don't want to hear that. Like I don't, because the guy I'm getting is now gonna rub me down, and I don't want to come. I don't. I want to get. I want to get feel better. So she was all like, she felt all better. So the dude put my face down, and he can start rubbing. And I don't know what your style is. It probably felt pretty good, right? No, there was a lot of it. I was in fucking pain, oh, dude. Really? I was, but. There were so many once you got once you started not when I didn't resist. Oh my god! Dude. Oh, it's like taking acid. You just kind of fucking roll with the punches. Whoa! Okay, now Trust and surrender. <laughs> Wait, have you done acid? Yeah. No, I, I, we already know. I mean, man, it's like <laughs> do we? Yeah. Hey, have you done acid? Have I done acid? Yeah. That is like does a bear shit in the woods? Well, I don't want to assume. I do not want to assume. Christ. I've known you for a while, and I just assume you're high on life. You know what yeah, I mean? I, but like. I remember when I met you at Monica. Oh my God! Back in the day, back that, when I, you knew me when I was a poet, which was really yeah. Funny. When I was pretentious, I was pretentious. But she's as a good a, poet. Oh, thank you. At the old school, and when Amnesia was really yeah, popping. when Amnesia before, and it's been sold and it's going away now. Yeah, that was and Amnesia was the first place I did comedy, and it was easy because I'd always done poetry there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that's the thing about being a poet and going to comedy is that you have a totally different perspective on the audience. If they're quiet and paying attention, I'm like, that was a good set. They don't necessarily have to laugh because I'm coming from poetry where they're just if they're listening and not getting a drink and not looking at their phone, that's a win for me. 
So yeah. it's it completely changed my perspective on comedy. So when I go to the brainwash, if people aren't laughing hysterically, it didn't matter. It was like, oh, but it's silent in the room. Yeah, Win winning. Yeah, because that was the thing about when you made the when you made the when you trade when made the, you converted to comedy. Because I was when I saw because well you don't realize about the old amnesia it was so high in the air you look like a dictator you know and, and you would get up there and she was really good and she had her fans and she was a former teacher right you used to teach so she got up there and. Right, and there was a, there was a, you were a little bit different. You um, sometimes I'd take my shirt off if no one was paying attention. I'd be like, if I take my shirt off, will you listen to me do poems? And people were like, yeah. And so I just do poems in my bra, and I'd be like, I'm a feminist. Look at this feminist act. It was, and I <laughs> no one mean, listens you, to you unless you're skinny and pretty. <laughs> yeah, no. And, Look and at I, me. <laughs> I think that's when I really understand that, like, to get that message conveyed, because you get, because you're a thin woman uh, who is uh, over thirty, yeah, right? You know. And you're thin, and people listen because you're not a big old slob up there just yelling and shit. Cause that's what you expect. You know, she's using the eyes of spam. No, cause you ever go to watch slam poetry and watch ugly teens <laughs> get up there, just yelling. You're like, well, if you put some clear seal on your fucking face, and then you maybe just maybe did your hair, maybe you'd have a different take. So like, but then all the pain and inspiration would go away. Yeah, but it's just like, I, dude, I used to work with youth. I got tired of going to poetry jams because it's just all these ugly kids, and you know they just want to be heard. And they it's could do like, it in the dark, though. Huh? Yeah, they could do it in the dark, so you wouldn't have to look at them. Oh, dude, dude, see, you should get out of comedy, and you should be making, producing. That see, you know what's producing. so goofy about comedy? I, I have written some poetry. Oh, I bet uh, you. I read Pam's though. Wait, no, no. What is your poetry about? Um, that's a really hard question. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> no, in, in, in high you, school, in high school, I wrote terrible poems about. Can you bring one? Can you love. bring one next time? Yeah, I could bring some poems. I would love to have a, a bright light on you in a dark room, and a round of people, and you read your saddest poems. I bet they're really tearjerkers. I, I have one, uh, one breakup poem or breakup inspired poem. I don't want to reduce it. To Did you send poem. it to her after you wrote it? Oh, no, not at all. Can you send it to her now and get a response by email? Like, I've been thinking about you. What's her name? Mia. Mia. Mia Farrow? Mia. No. Nope. Mia, Is what's your her? stepdaughter Soon Young Kim? <laughs> I wish. No. We, She's can hot. We, can we call her up right now and have you read the poem? Oh. <laughs> bro. We have the 415-550-0511. But poets have different voices, so it's not fair to say, like, which particular voice. I have, like, a, I have a poetry voice that's like comedic and witty yeah. and i have one that's like like super deep and like smart and there's different there's like the super pretentious ones where i'm like i'm a communist change the world and there's all that so there's different voices what do you think people, people responded to the most when you i mean like i mean My, at your height like your, your zenith when you're up there when you're up there performing in the scene which one do you think it was all the stuff that then brought me to comedy the comedic poems that were all performative that i was like um yeah, you know, at 16th and Mission, I, people would ask. Charlie Getter always said, "I was like, I don't like doing the same poems. I like doing different stuff." And he's like, "Pam, if you don't do the same poems, how are they going to ask for requests?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" So I started. I had a couple poems that were like people would yell them. They'd be like, "Do 16th and whatever, or 19th." Can you and... give us a couple bars? I actually, well, zombies. You got to read from zombies. I can, I can read it. You got zombies. <laughs> uh, so there was a here's a comedic one that was published in a stupid zine there's 
I get oh, I got published a lot. This is this is fun. I wrote this before zombies were cool. I wrote this like before when have Walking zombies Dead... ever not been cool? Well, you know, that's an easy question to answer. When the cranberries sang that song, Zombies, it, that was terrible. And it was like, zombies, zombies. It's like, fucking, what is, it would have been a great song if you didn't say zombies over and over. But then zombies became very popular. And so that now that song is cool again. Anyway, this was a poem. This is so embarrassing. But this is a comedic poem that I wrote about zombies. Uh, my zombie ex fucks litter this city. I can't go to a bar anymore without rotten skin dripping into my whiskey. Which is pretty fucking gross. Half alive boys drag their feet down 19th Street. One is missing an arm. A tragic combine incident on the homestead left him for dead. Now he sips bullet from a straw. The ginger back bathes his decaying gullet. He left a finger for a tip. <sighs> I didn't even know one was undead until he lost his hand in my vagina. It just broke off at the wrist. So I slipped a condom around his bones and tried to come anyway. Oh, I did, then left him for dead. My zombie ex fucks groan and foam from open sores. I'm sure they wouldn't tell the story even if they could talk. Communication with a zombie is more difficult than you think. So I will get another drink and get another drink and get another drink because I can see past death if I'm drunk. Right? Okay. Talk so I try to be comedic. That, no, wow, that, I, poor zombie. That is the well, worst I, case of blue balls ever. Well, and I don't know if zombie, I mean, if zombies' balls would probably want to be the first thing that fell off. But 19th Street is a thing. And this is a story. I mean, there was a bartender at the homestead that I had issues with. Um, and I was drinking a lot of whiskey at that time. So this was like a very true to life. Like, and I, these are my Bukowski days where I was like, I'm check, in graduate school and check. I'm just going to be drunk all the time and write poems in bar bathrooms. Like, that was what I was doing. Like, hanging out in bar bathrooms, writing really? poems. Oh, yeah. Check, How long would you, check, would you stay check, there for check. like... There we go, yeah. I mean, I mean, hours? No, not hours. Well, the back room at Bender's used to be a place that I hung out a lot. And then one time I fell off a stool. Oh, and gave myself a black eye. I thought that was super cute. Um, but no, I'd go into like... I'd, I'd sit in the bar bathrooms for until I wrote a poem, something quick, and I'd go out. This is a sidebar. You heal very quick. Oh, thank You're you. You're like Wolverine. Right, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> didn't it, like, last week yeah. you had, like, no your whole face was, like, it a was, moon emoji was, or something? It was the first of the It was the first of 20, the month. 22 days ago, right? Ah. 24 days ago. So I'm 24 days sober. Hey. Thanks for being here, Ian. He's a good writer. Well, we can. Yeah. We gotta get out of here too. Or we gotta go to Delirium and do yeah, and let's, do let's jokes. Yeah, let's get out of here, baby. Go see yeah. Warhol and right his on. Uh, cool. Let me show you how to cool. uh, put up put up uh, CD one, and then we'll all say goodbye. This was Kasim Bentley and Ian Bardenstein and Sam Carroll and Pam Benjamin just talking shit. Yay! The waters grew Irish people's crops till the white man stole their water rights, and the sparkling water stopped. Now, Iris folks were... For sure, she turned out a killer Nick Cage look. Um, but yeah, we want to start doing that party as a monthly. So right now we're... we're Now that we have one underfoot, and it yeah. was very successful. I'm very oh, proud of how it went. Thank you. Um, we want to start trying to do that starting in July as a regular show. Mm -hmm. Maybe at the makeout room. We're still in talks with them. Um, but yeah, the next one's going to be WrestleMania themed and we're going to get each performer to create their own like wrestler persona 
and uh, have all the performances inside of a wrestling ring, and uh, it's going to be fun. Well, I have to say thank you because I, I feel like there's so many times when you get...